Blog Talk Radio. We live! We're live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. What's going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation? You are tuned into page one with LaVar and Mary for this Friday night, February the 3rd, 2023. We are now past January, one month down, 11 to go. It's February. It is the start of Black History Month. Uh, It is also, uh, if you didn't know it, well, outside of Chicago, if you didn't know it, today is Michael Jordan Day. It's 2-3-23. So, um, if you have seen a lot of Michael Jordan on your timelines on social media, that's why. Um, two, three, twenty-three. But with that being said, welcome in. Got a lot for you this hour. I actually every Friday night the last few weeks, I've told you that I have no idea what we're going to do, where this is going to go. Uh, but we wind up doing a full show anyway. Same thing tonight. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> But we will make it work, as we always do every Friday night. And I am joined, as always, by my wonderful friend, Mary. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I totally forgot today was Michael Jordan Day. Mm-hmm. But I did wonder, one thing I did also forget yesterday, but was hoping that you'd answer today, Punk's Tony Phil? Did you yes. see that Well, there's a reason why I did not mention him, because that no good so-and-so saw his shadow. And uh, there will be six more weeks of winter. Uh, never trusted a rodent to tell me exactly what is going to happen anyway, because whether he had saw it or not, here in the Midwest, it's always six more weeks of winter. <laughs> 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 um, so nothing's yes. changed. Nothing's changed. So, yeah. Um, that's that's what we got going on here. It's actually pretty cold here. I do believe that the real field temperature here in uh, Chicago uh, was around 10 degrees, and I'm actually uh, going to look that up for you right now. I actually do see 11 degrees is the current temperature. And that's Fahrenheit. Out. Yes, that is Fahrenheit. Celsius, that is 12 below. <laughs> So, uh, part of the reason that I'm happy that I live out here, man. I was in a t-shirt and jeans today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So take with that as you will or what you will. Um, that is, <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? I could actually tell you uh, the current temperature in Las Vegas, Nevada, if that, uh, if my system Updates for me, which it doesn't want to. Um, you know, when you rely on your computer to give you the latest temperatures, it, it is not. So we don't. We we won't know. <laughs> we'll have to take your word for it. Here I am sitting here going, well, why, why are you doing it when I can do it myself? 
you, you could. Let's see who gets there first. Help a brother out. <laughs> it feels like it's 49 degrees currently. Okay. And for for out here, that's cold. For oh. out here, like people are like, oh my gosh, it's cold. But during the day, it was up near 60. It was still in the 50s, but it was near 60 degrees. Gotcha. Um, actually, the fine folks here at Google for our, my friends over in the UK, uh, I see here that it is 48 degrees Fahrenheit, but on the Celsius level, it's nine. Uh, <laughs> it's the current temperature <laughs> in London. So somehow, someway, you are still warmer than here. Um, and as I see the current temp- the current time, is four minutes past 3 a.m. on Saturday. So happy Saturday to all of you who are in the U.K. listening. Um, we're still a day behind you. Uh, I do have a question about that. So if you start something here and you travel to the U.K., would that mm-hmm. then if the days changed, like if you started out on a Friday night and you wound up in the U.K. Mm-hmm. on a Saturday, uh, say if you were – starting a game. Would that now mean that you've been going at that game for a full day? Possibly. I know that um, when I travel and worldwide correspondent here, no, I'm just kidding. Um, When I travel, uh, I take off from Las Vegas and end up losing about oh god that's eight hours. I mean, it's eight hours I lose but because of just as soon as I get on plane. Just imagine. That's a when I time. land in London, it's an additional eight hours past the ten hours that I fly. So I already go 18 hours in the future. <laughs> but my phone, like the game, like not games that I play, but like the comics that I read that don't come out, they're a daily comic. Um, so they release at midnight, uh, Eastern time. So I get to see them like they're supposed to release on the third. I get to see them on the second at nine, 9 PM. When I get to London, I have to wait. But it's always based on when it's released at Eastern time. So whatever time midnight Eastern is in London, that's when I have to wait till. I don't know if that made any sense or if that got more confusing. I do apologize. <laughs> um, no, um, that, uh, that, that makes sense. Uh, by the way, I know all of sort you, of. <laughs> I know all of you were curious, uh, but the weather in Lake Titicaca is 48 degrees Fahrenheit. Lake I thought, Titicaca. That is a real place. It is in Peru. I know it's a real place, but it's still funny. It's still hilarious. Because I'm 12. <laughs> I thought that would make you laugh. Uh, but yeah, it's, so I'm giggling over here. So that is the, uh, <laughs> that is the latest weather uh, across the world, as it seems. Um, and we hope that wherever you're at, that the weather improves and we head towards spring a lot more sooner than later. Uh, most interesting thing 
that I read actually happened probably a few minutes before showtime tonight. Uh, as you know, I pretty mm. much will try to scour a lot of places for what's going on. Uh, but a lot of you know that this week NFL um, quarterback Tom Brady uh, retired. Uh, he's saying this time it's for good. <laughs> mm. But uh, All right, Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is he is retired, uh, leaving a lot of people sad, uh, especially Tom Brady fans. But if you know of an enterprising person, you knew that it would only be a short time before it happened. So if you watched his retirement announcement, he was on a beach, right? If you saw it. Mm-hmm. Or did you see it? I, I kid you, yes, I kid you not. Um, someone is now selling on eBay the beach sand where he supposedly stood. <laughs> oh God! All right. <laughs> you knew it was only a matter of time uh, before that happened, and I will tell you that it keeps changing hour by hour. At first, it was it's like sixteen thousand. Uh, 46 minutes ago, uh, according to ESPN, the bid, the current bid, was at um, (laughs) $90,100 for a bottle of the exact retirement spot sand, bottled sand that Tom Brady was at. My God. My God. Of course. Of course. <laughs> the person I believe was selling it was stating, and I'm not sure, and I'm looking for uh, confirmation. I think they said that that would make up for all of the bets over the years that they had placed on Tom Brady and lost. Um, <laughs> I, wouldn't pay, I wouldn't pay a dollar for that sand. <laughs> of course you wouldn't. I can autograph it. It's not going to. I don't. Yeah, we'll sell anything. <laughs> That's insane, man. Speaking of insane, um, not this upcoming Sunday, but next upcoming Sunday will be the Super Bowl here, um, Farm Stadium in Phoenix. Are available starting at six thousand fifty-one dollars and top out at $40,723 per ticket. Yeah, if so you you're, see... you're buying a $6,000 seat that normally costs regular season, what, 100 bucks maybe? Probably. And yep. it's way up in the nosebleeds? Yeah, no thanks. I'll sit, sit at home. I'm guessing the 40,000, yeah, I'm guessing those 6,000, well, yeah, they're probably way up there. 40,000 probably still won't even get you close enough because a lot of those seats toward the front are all celebrity VIP um, and belong to corporate sponsors and the other big wigs. So if you had the 40000 those 40000 No, not for the Super Bowl. If I had $40,000 just sitting around doing nothing, I would not buy a ticket to the Super Bowl. It makes me wonder how First much tickets... Class, First class traveling around the world, you know, that would be something better. 
I was going to say, it makes me wonder how much tickets were for the World Cup. I wonder if they were insane, too. Who knows? We'll have to talk with somebody who went to the World Cup. <laughs> right. Or, or we'll have to look it up. But I, I don't know. But I would not pay $40,000 just for three hours of um, – <laughs> Just for three not hours unless I got like a, not unless I got like a, you know, FaceTime with um, every single person that was on the field during the entire game, including halftime. Right. I mean, I know what I would pay forty thousand for for three hours, but it ain't going to be a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, <laughs> not going to be that. Sorry, <laughs> but yes. So those are a few of the uh, interesting things of note that I saw this week. And um, all of that coming within the last few hours. So uh, who says news doesn't break all day? We're, we're, we're kind of that kind of show where we will uh, uh, deliver to you all the latest stuff. And actually, too, uh, I know Mary had mentioned it a lot of times, but if you missed it the other night, um, the rare green comet – C forward slash 2022 E3 uh, did whiz by. It was captured on camera for the first time in 50,000 years. And I still don't know how they came up with that number. Um, It was at a distance of 26 million miles. As they say, it will not be seen again for many lifetimes. Uh, It takes roughly 50,000 years for it to orbit the sun. Did you see it? Uh, we saw <laughs> that we had too much light pollution, so we couldn't see what we wanted to see. We saw some things, but not that. No, I missed it. But it was capturing uh, video, so we could we went back and watched the YouTube, and it was fine. So, are you saying instead you saw a UFO? Mm, probably. I mean, it's Vegas. <laughs> going to have somebody knocking at your door before the end of this hour. Yes. <laughs> I know, right? You it's going to be nothing. great. It's going to be great. All of a sudden, no one knows what's going on. <laughs> uh, and then I think the only other thing this week I think that I saw that was interesting, or rumor has it, was about the, uh, even though I, um, I am ashamedly going to say that I am not as much of a uh, Twitcher, but uh, about (laughs) TwitchCon being out there in Vegas this year. (laughs) Yeah, kind of excited. Kind of excited. No, Twitch doesn't allow gambling, but they are going to be in Vegas. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to send all the gamblers over to a different convention center. Right. It'll be fine. And which convention center would not have, like, you know, slots for all, the All the convention centers are, are usually, all the convention, every convention center that's in Las Vegas is attached to one of the major, um, one of the major casinos. So unless they're taking, unless they're booking World, which I don't know that the World is ready to go yet, um, that sphere thing that they're building, um, Unless I'm looking at, they're they're attached to a casino. 
With hotel rooms, though, so there you go. Probably going to have it at Allegiant Stadium. They have everything there. <laughs> <laughs> they got to pay for it somehow. That's <laughs> right. It got built. <laughs> they got to use it. I get it. I get it. I, I understand. But uh, for all you Twitch um, people, um, so you'll be headed to Vegas. <laughs> Road trip. Bring, bring, bring extra money with you. Uh, <laughs> but we got a few things to discuss tonight. Before we get to that, we will first uh, talk about the Almanac because we haven't had a chance to do that. Like I said, we are now in the month of February. Not February, it's February with the R, as someone once always told me. Um, this month is National Cancer Prevention Month. It is also uh, National Embroidery Month, National Weddings Month, National Heart Month, National Hot Breakfast Month. It's also National Children's Dental Health Month, National Cherry Month, it's National Bird Feeding Month, uh, Great American Pies Month, National Self-Check Month. Uh, it is Creative Romance Month, as well as Can Food Month. And like I mentioned earlier, it's Black History Month. It is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month, American Heart Month, National Grapefruit Month, Library Lovers Month, uh, and National Snack Food Month. Uh, but when you look at the calendar, and especially today, which is February 3rd, it is for Chaplain's Day, Bubblegum Day, which is the first Friday in February, uh, National Missing Persons Day, National Women Physicians Day, National Wear Red Day, National Carrot Cake Day, and it's also National The Day the Music Died Day, which I think we mentioned last month, which is, of course, uh, February 3rd, 1959, uh, the day that musicians Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper were all killed in a plane crash near Clear Lake, Iowa. Uh, the event later became known as the day the music died after singer-songwriter Don McClain referred to it as such in his 1971 song, American Pie. Um, actually, uh, uh, odd story to that. Uh, what happened, uh, in a backstory to that, was that uh, Waylon Jennings was supposed to be on that flight. Um, and... Uh, I think it was uh, between um, J.P. Richardson, uh, who had contracted the flu during the tour, asked Jennings for his seat on the plane. And when Holly learned that Jennings was not going to fly, he said in jest, well, this is according to a lot of hearsay stories. Uh, he had told him, well, I hope your bus freezes up, to which Jennings responded, well, I hope your old plane crashes, even though it was a humorous but ill-fated response that haunted him for the rest of his life. Um, and Richie Valens, who once had a fear of flying, uh, asked uh, one of the other people uh, for their seat on the plane. The two agreed to a, a toss a coin to the side. Um, and Valens won the coin toss for the seat on that flight. Um, so, yeah. That is uh, what happened on that one. You can read a lot more history about that, watch the different movies on that one. Uh, but that was February 3rd, 1959. So um, tomorrow, which is the 4th, 
It's ice cream for breakfast day, the first Saturday in February. <laughs> I did not know that existed, but now I am celebrating every year. That's insane. <laughs> I told you, February is the cool month, man. This is uh, this is where a lot of good stuff kind of happens. So ice cream for breakfast day. Uh, it's National Homemade Soup Day. It's National Creative Vacuum Day. National Hemp Day is also on February 4th. And February 4th is National Thank Mail Carrier Day. Uh, Sunday, it is World Nutella Day. So if you are a Nutella fan, uh, have at it. Which I am. It is also National Weather Person's Day. I'm going to be careful with this next one. February 5th. (laughs) (laughs) It is National... It is National Shower with a Friend Day. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Um, In order to not get myself into any trouble, I'm going to continue on and tell you why. (laughs) On National Shower with a Friend Day, it's a tongue-in-cheek way of educating people about the benefits a filtered chlorine-free water. Winter is the coldest and loneliest season of the year. With dwindling daylight and Valentine's Day at its heart, February can often leave people feeling dejected and somber. The day injects a bit of humor into the season while also serving to educate people on the benefits of showering in fresh filtered water and the effects of chlorine. Uh, it says shower with filtered water. Learn more about the harmful effects of chlorine and how to filter it. Use hashtag shower with the friend day to post on social media. Uh, New Wave Enviro, a company located in Denver, submitted that day. Um, and, yeah, um, it's Shower with a Friend Day. <laughs> it's <says, yeah. laughs> great. Uh, moving That's on. Great. <laughs> yes. Uh, February 6th is National Lame Duck Day. It's also National Frozen Yogurt Day, and it is National Chopsticks Day. The actual chopsticks, not the song or the music. Yeah, not that. <laughs> uh, February 7th is National Send a Card to a Friend Day. It's National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. And February 7th, uh, if you – no, I'm not going to say science geeks because the people who know science are not geeks. They're very smart. But February 7th is National Periodic Table Day. I used to have that memorized. <laughs> yes. The 8th brings us National Iowa Day, National Kite Flying Day, and National Boy Scouts Day. And then on the 9th, it is National Cut the Cord Day, National Giving Hearts Day, National Bagel and Locks Day, it's National Toothache Day, and February 9th is National Pizza Day. I know you all have been looking forward to that. I am pretty sure your local pizza places will have specials on Thursday the 9th. So keep your eye open for that. And then to kind of give you a heads up, next Friday, February 10th, it is National Home Warranty Day, National Cream Cheese Brownie Day, and it is National Umbrella Ella Ella Day. <laughs> hey. But, a, A. A. <laughs> 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 
That boy's got all the cool stuff, man. Uh, I tell you. Got the pizza day. Got the shower friends. <laughs> make a week out of it. <laughs> make a week out of it. Oh my god. What you do on your own time, of course, is what you do. <laughs> so, yes. Hmm. Shower with pizza? <laughs> I don't know. Shower with pizza and a friend. <laughs> Pizza, beer shower, uh, pizza, or, you know, a shower, yeah, drink a beer. I had a friend, I think I've told this story, who said that the best beer comes when you're showering, <laughs> um, shower beer. And some people were sworn by that. Um, but, yeah. I still think that's gross, but, you know, hey, <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> so, hey, man, I don't know what to tell you, but he swears by it, whatever you bring up. That whole thing, he will tell you. Um, and I think I've read some stories about that where people have, and maybe those of you out there who have done that or <laughs> can attest to it, uh, tell us online. So uh, <laughs> we do not want pictures. Just tell us. <laughs> Please. <laughs> words are enough. Yes, words are enough. We we don't need pictures. <laughs> um the one big story that I saw this week is actually one that I think that we have mentioned kind of on this show before in other ways. But this past week, the U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, said that he believes that 13 is too young for children to be on social media platforms, despite some of the most popular platforms, including Facebook and Instagram, allowing users to be that age. He told CNN on Sunday that he believes being on social media, quote, does a disservice to kids early in their teen years. He stated that he personally, uh, based on the data that he's seen, believed that 13 is too early. It's a time when it's really important for us to be thoughtful about what's going on, uh, going into how they think about their own self-worth and their relationships and the skewed and often distorted environment of social media often does a disservice to many of them. He did not say if there will be any official guidelines or advisory based on that perspective. Meta, the company, uh, parent company of Facebook and Instagram, requires users to be at least 13 years old to use its platforms, according to the company's website. TikTok and Snapchat also require users to be at least 13 years old, according to their respective websites. Google, the parent company of YouTube, does not allow kids under the age of 13 to create their own Google account. YouTube allows parents to set up a, quote, supervised account for a child under the age of 13 for which they can control the content settings according to this website. Murphy uh, said that he would like to see parents band together to keep their young teens off of social media, given they are allowed in the platform starting at 13. He says if parents can band together and say, you know, as a group, we're not going to allow our kids to use social media until 16 or 17 or 18 or whatever age they choose, that's a much more effective strategy in making sure your kids don't get exposed to harm early. His comments come just over one year after he issued an advisory highlighting a crisis in youth mental health and said that the need to address the issue was critical. His advisory noted that technology can have many benefits for youth, but can also expose kids to unhealthy content. It also urged stakeholders throughout society to take action to address youth mental health challenges. Uh, social media use is linked with symptoms of depression, anxiety, body image issues, and lower life satisfaction, 
for some teens and adolescents, research shows. Heavy social media use around the time adolescents go through puberty with lower life satisfaction one year later, one large study found. So um, with that being said, um, is he right? Yes. Oh, wait. I was supposed to pause on that one. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, <laughs> when you sent me the article, you knew my answer already. This is not a surprise to you. Um, and it shouldn't be to any of the people that have listened here for more than five minutes. I know I've said it a few times that at minimum, children should, if you're going to have them be on social media, that social media should be supervised until they're 16. I just, I don't, and here's here's what got me. Um, I brought this information to kiddo and said, hey, you know, this is the article that we're talking about, and this is, you know, whatever, and she's like, mm-hmm, I agree. Kiddo's hmm. 19. She's still technically a teenager and she agrees. So this is not this is not something that's an unpopular opinion. It's not just me being a weird old mom. It's it's very it's very important to be part of your kids foray into social media. It's part of our lives. We can't get past it. We can't get around it. It's here. It's not going anywhere. People are going to be on there. There's a now a job category for it. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, kids are vulnerable. Kids aren't completely mature with the ways of the world. And as adults in those children's lives, you need to be part of that. Now, banning it until you're older, I'm down. Like as a parent, I'd sign that petition. I'd be part of that. I'll 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 be I'll be one of those people that sp- that speak about it. Unfortunately, there are parents out there that are have children that are influencers on social media that are using mm-hmm. that. So, mm-hmm. is that going to happen? I don't know that there's gonna it's going to happen. Do I agree with it? Yeah. I would like to see more than anything is that parents be parents and be and be present for their kids. Let their kids be kids. We were kids until we were 14, 15 years old. You know, once we got into high school, then we were starting to go, mm, now you got to start me over. But let them have a youth, you know, let them, let them grow up. That yes, yeah, so I, I'll, I'll pause the next time when you know <laughs> when this comes up again. <laughs> I am. I hate to say this. I'm on the fence about a few things with this. One, there is no one really to, and this is going to sound harsh. And, and stick with me on this one. There is no one to blame for this explosion of social media more than us, the adults. Because now, instead of a place where we used it 
to connect and stay in touch with friends. We've allowed it to become a place to use it as a sounding board, to as a bully pulpit, to try to make money off of it, to even exploiting our kids on it. (laughs) And now here we are trying to pull the reins on something that is our fault. From the, oh, my kid is so cute, so I'm going to start this YouTube channel with them doing this for all to see. Or, you know, my daughter is great at makeup tips, so she's going to become a YouTube blogger. We allow that to occur. Why should we restrict it for the rest? And I don't know if, now, does he have a, a good idea with 13? Yeah, I think that that's too young. But he left a wide open gaping hole here is that if 13 isn't the best, then what is? Because if you're now saying 16 or 17 or 18, which one is it? Because there's a huge gap between 16 and 18. <laughs> At 18, mm-hmm. you're in a mindset now of where you're kind of getting out of for some that whole high school stuff and looking forward to the next level of that 18 to 21 year era. If you're 16, you're still kind of stuck in that more expensive mind where you use it as a way for popularity. So if you started at 16, you could still have the issues that you would have with a 13, 14, 15 year old having it. And even with some 18 year olds, you can still have that 18-year-old that gets sucked into, quote, social media life and starts to let what other people do or say or think about them affect them. It even happens with adults. So that's why I'm saying, you know, at this point, if you're going to have an advisory, because you're not going to stop it, because there are some parents that don't mind their kids being on social media, that don't mind them being, you know, Uh, these young social media uh, mavens as far as it's not too extreme because they think that their child can handle it. And for every one of those, there's the parent that either doesn't care or the ones that do care and are monitoring what their kids do. And then you're going to have the ones that come and say, well, don't tell me what I could do for my kid, you know, on social media because I got it handled. And like I said, while I know it's an advisory, and if they will say, well, if Meta or, you know, these other companies say that 13 is fine, I'm fine with it too. I mean, heck, you know, when you have, you know, these 15, 16-year-old celebrities now on TikTok making a ton of money, more than you and I, you know, if we can't stop it for them, how could you stop it for little Susie and Denver, Colorado, or for, you know, some kid, you know, in New York State, because they have those same dreams, too, and they think that they can get there, and like I said, the parents, um, some have a vested interest and will monitor, and then you've got the new age parent that's going to say, hey, it's a part of the real world, and they're going to have to learn sooner or later about how society is 
and push their kid out into this openness, which I disagree with. And I am in agreement with you that there are a lot of things out there in social media that are very cruel. Uh, there are a lot of things that the normal child or even in a lot of kids aren't ready for. And you see a lot of them getting sucked into this, quote, social media lifestyle, thinking that that's the only thing out there. I don't know now that the monster has been created how you can stop it or advise that a certain age group shouldn't be in it. Because for every mature 13-year-old that knows that you're not supposed to be having 5,000 friends on your page and has just their set friends, there's the other one that will allow anybody on their page and put a lot of stuff out there that could attract the wrong crowd. So I don't really know how you rein it in. I don't know if it's fair to push up the age more because, like I said, for every 13 or 14-year-old, you know, who utilize social media, I mean, look at, uh, what's her name, Greta Thunberg? You know, she was able to have a message at such a young age because she had social media. And there's just so much out there now that has reared its ugly head. I kind of call it just like with anything of social media. It has its huge detractions, and it has its... um, it has its pluses, because for every one of her who is able to change the world through a message, there's some young lady who, you know, is teaching something in a country in which we don't know about that utilizes it for good, and it opens a lot of people's eyes. So it's kind of like, where does it begin? Where does it end? The only thing at the end of the day that I can say to that is that if you are a parent, and you care a lot about your child's um, mindset, talk with them or even look in on their pages and see what's going on. Be that is, hey, I got to see what you're doing. And I used to know somebody that would ask for their, uh, their child's phone at any given moment <laughs> just to, you know, take a look at what was going on and not it be secret. And you kind of have to, when they're younger, yeah, like I said, it's a different breed nowadays, man. And I don't know if waiting until 17 or 18 is going to change anything, but perhaps at 13 there needs to be some advising, even maybe more so. Hopefully the companies will come up with a way to have um, a social media for those particular age brackets. You know, if a person between 13 to 17 wants to have an Instagram page, there could be a special Instagram page just for those. I don't know how you keep out the pervs and the other people, but, you know, maybe you could take them off the adult one and have one that's like 21 and up. And for the 21 and up, you have to show uh, proof of being that age, you know. But then I know privacy comes into effect, and it's so much stuff. And until we can do all of that, it's going to continue being what it is, uh, where you'll see a lot of these kids on there. And I understand that 100%. I'm not naive about this. I'm not, I'm not um, I guess I, I can't say that I'm beholden to everything because I'm not. But 
in the same token, I want you. You mentioned a friend of yours that their child had to hand over their phone at any given moment and unlock it and show them what they were doing. Same with kiddo. Up until I felt that they were responsible enough to handle this on their own, which honestly, sometimes I don't know if that's ever going to happen because I can't sometimes do that. And I'm, you know, years old, 45. So I get that. But I think that she's at a point, I think they're at the point where in their lifetime and they're growing in their maturity that they know how to know the difference between trolls on the Internet and her self-worth. And that, that I, it was always, all right, give me your phone. Like that phone, you have no privacy. You have no privacy. However, I'm going to treat you like an adult with that. So if you are doing stuff that you're not supposed to be doing, there are consequences. If you are handling it, then I'm going to be asking for it less and less until it comes to the point where I don't ask at all. Here's the thing. Even now, and I said she's still technically a teen, she can hand me her phone. I'll be like, hey, what are you doing? She'll hand me her phone. Here, here you go. That's the password. Unlock it because there's a trust there because she knows I'm looking out for her best interest. And I would do the same. If she was questioning what I was doing, I would hand her my phone. I think it just comes down to, I'm not saying that 13 can't use social media. I'm saying 13 needs a level of, of, su- of supervision that can't come from the companies. I don't care what the companies do. They can put all sorts of things on. That supervision needs to come from the adults that surround that child because they're the eyes and ears that are right there in the room. Yeah. There are ways to get around everything. I could be 10 and get a YouTube account. You know how I know? Because there are 10 year olds on YouTube with channels making money. Wow. Yeah, there are like families that do that. They have channels that are just, they have been around for years. I've seen them grow up. So I know that you're, there are ways around those rules. So the companies, although they are responsible to a point, the, the fact of the matter is the bulk of that supervision for those children need to come from the adults in their life right now. And I think that's where we're falling short is that some of the adults, and I'm not saying all of us, and I'm not even saying it has to be the same kind of level as mine. Every child is different. Every parent is different. Every parenting style is different. But that supervision needs to happen there. So when a, when an adult comes out and says, my Susie got bullied while online at her Instagram account, Susie's 12, Susie's 13, Susie's 14, where were you? Where were you, Mom? Where were you, Dad? Where were you, Grandma, Grandpa, Uncle, whoever? Well, where were you? There's an interesting secondary story to this, and we're going to talk about it after the break because it's almost a reversal of what we're talking about now. 
It's something that we've also talked about in this show before, and it involves an interesting study about um, excessive screen time during infancy. You know, for those people that like to hand that uh, tablet or that phone to those kids, uh, turns out it's not the best thing in the world. And we'll tell you a little bit more about that after the break. But first, tonight's Retro Moment of the Week. I will tell you that uh, I had a a couple of Retro Moments of the Week planned, uh, but the server that we normally get those from uh, wasn't working. So if all else fails, what do you do? You go back for Retro Moments that you used before. Some I think I used. I'm not sure if I have, but we'll play it anyway. So if it is new to you, good. If it is old to you, that's because it's retro. <laughs> You're listening to Page One with LeVar and Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. Snap, what a happy sound. Snap is the happiest sound I've found. You may clap, rap, tap, slap, but snap makes the world go round. Snap, crackle, pop, rice krispies. I say it's crackle, the crispy sound. You gotta have crackle or the clock's not wound. Geese cackle, feathers tickle, bells buckle, beats pickle, but crackle makes the world go round. Snap, crackle, pop, rice krispies. I insist that pop's the sound. The best is Mr. Let's Pop's around. You can't stop hopping when the cereal's popping. Pop makes the world go round. Snap, crackle, pop, rice krispies. Let's go for Kellogg's Rice Krispies. Snap, it's crackle. What a happy sound. You gotta have the crackle or the sound not bound. You make the world go round. A Dunkin' Donut eaters would rather eat than five. Should a gentleman offer a Dunkin' Donut to a lady, he'd better. Dunkin' Donuts have 100% fewer cavities than other donuts. Now, fight Donut Doldrum's 52 ways with Dunkin' Donuts' famous 52 varieties. Any resemblance between this commercial and other commercials you may have seen is purely coincidental. And any comparison between Dunkin' Donuts and other donuts or donut shops is purely absurd. No one makes donuts as light and delicious as Dunkin' Donuts. Why not hop in your car right now and drive over to get some? Bradley. You're listening to Page One. Page One. With LeVar and Mary. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. Welcome back to page 12 with LeVar and Mary on this Friday night, February the 3rd, 2023. So glad you could join us. Uh, we had an interesting uh, conversation before the break uh, talking about social media 
and the Surgeon General's recommendation that um, it should be for probably teens a little older. Uh, But at the same time that that was going on, there was another study that came out that the amount of time that babies spend watching computer TV and phone screens in their first year of life may be indirectly linked to lower cognitive skills later in life. Babies who watched on average two hours of screen time per day, which I don't know why you would even do that, they perform worse later on. At age nine on executive functions, according to the study, which was published Monday in the Journal of uh, American Medical Association Pediatrics, executive functions linked to long-term academic success are defined by the study's researchers as, quote, a collection of higher-order cognitive skills essential for self-regulation, learning, and academic achievement, as well as mental health. The researchers studied more than 400 children. They did EEGs to test and study brain waves at about 18 months and then connected the dots between how much screen time they were seeing in infancy to how they performed on memory and attention tests around the age of nine. Um, What they found was that the babies who had the most screen time did the worst on attention and memory testing by age nine. The study did not prove that screen time directly leads to lower cognitive functioning. Um, Other factors such as the family's income level also seem to be linked to lower cognitive functioning scores. Nevertheless, the findings track with guidance from the American Academy of Pediatrics that children under the age of two should not have any screen time. The AAP recommends that children between the ages of two to five be limited to just one hour of screen time per day that is supervised by a caregiver. More than 75% of children younger than two and 64% of kids ages two to five exceed the recommended guidelines, according to researchers at the University of Calgary, as, <laughs> as Les Grobstein used to say, who analyzed over 60 studies looking at more than 89,000 children around the world. Above the age of five, the AAP says parents should set boundaries on screen time and work with their children to create a family media use plan that sets time limits and establishes guidelines for the type of media children are consuming. Uh, there are some studies that suggest that with older children, particularly adolescents, that there should be or could be some social or emotional advantages. So it's really not only how much, it's what the teenagers and children are consuming on the screen that really makes a difference, according to Dr. Jennifer Ashton of uh, ABC. Um, that is... You know, and they also give some tips for parents who try to navigate guidance around social media and screen time with their kids. Uh, the tips that Dr. Ashton uh, shared was no phones at the table for meals or family gatherings. Stop screen time one hour before bedtime. Keep phones and screens out of the bedroom when sleeping. And lead by example as parents by limiting your own screen time and social media use. It's not surprising. And I think I've mentioned before on this show that I have seen parents who utilize tablets, phones as, quote, babysitting devices for their young kids to keep them calm. Um, You know, I know kiddo grew up in a little bit of a different time, but if it were around this time, would you say, study, are you buying it or are you selling it? I guess neither. (laughs) You still there? 
you leave me? <laughs> Hello? What yeah. happened there? I, I don't know. Apparently, I'm not technologically savvy. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, about 100%. I'm, like, I'm sitting here explaining you? my situation. Did you go leave to watch a tablet? <laughs> yes, that's what it was. I got... I got <laughs> I'm not an thought, iPad kid, so I don't know how to use these I, darn tangled I, smartphones. I, I thought I was going to have to hit the music, and I didn't want to go there. I thought I was going to have to hit it. What <laughs> <laughs> you hear? Ah, that's so funny. That's so funny. What's your answer? <laughs> Later, I'm buying it. I 100% believe there is a correlation, but I don't know that it's an, a cause and effect. So, like, just because your kid has screen time when they're when they're small or under two doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to be able to um, create and be um, in good use of their of their executive function for learning and, and academic success. There are there are people that obviously skew either way and will excel regardless of screen time. And there are people that will not excel regardless of no screen time. So I think there's a correlation there. Absolutely. Um, kiddo is an iPad kid. Uh, and by that, not saying that she had an iPad her entire life, but she grew up in that generation of standing iPads just by birth basically right like understanding it beyond anything like you hand her one and she's like okay done like I'm sitting there trying to figure out how to get the screen to move so I don't have 17 screens open um so she's an iPad kid however at least from what I can recall, and maybe I'm looking back with rose-colored glasses, it's been quite a while, so I'm not going to claim that I, I remember everything clearly, but there was a lot of outside stimulation. There was, you know, time with other kids her age, going to the park, going on walks, looking at things. If we did watch something on TV, we try to use that. She loved the wild crafts. We would try to use that when we'd go out. So if she was talking, you know, the wildcrafts were talking about butterflies, we'd go out and see if we can go to a butterfly garden and start looking at butterflies. But that was not all the time. I'm not going to say that I was 100%. Like, I was that, I was that crunchy mom. Um, but tried to make a conscious effort to tie what she was doing with what she was seeing. Um, and the world around her in a bigger sense than just, what she saw on the boob tube. Um, with that being said, she had screen time. I, I couldn't tell you how much screen time, only because I also worked a full-time job. So she was with, again, daycare, uh, other caregivers, other adults in the family would would pitch in. And uh, I was very lucky I had people around me um, and family members that wanted to spend time, grandparents that wanted to spend time with, with Morgan, so uh, kiddo got a chance to be with them as well. Um, it is what it is. I I I understand the the correlation and go back to we have to be responsible. <laughs> um, I'm not saying don't put your kid in front of the TV. I'm just saying pay attention. Right. 
it's not a babysitter. It's not an electronic babysitter. You can't do that. But some people do. And unfortunately now we live in that age, you know, I think some people say, well, you know, your parents did it to you if you were a latchkey kid because the only thing you had really was TV. A little bit of a different time. We didn't have computers. We didn't have the other stuff. TV pretty much was our friend. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But even then, we had to have it on something educational because we probably weren't interested in the news or the other stuff that was on. (laughs) Or cartoons, which usually had the last minute anyway. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I get disheartened when I see someone handing something to, you know, even then, I don't think your eyes have fully developed it. Like, you know, before one, you're, you're handing this stuff to these kids who already are ruining their eyes by looking at these small screens. And mm-hmm. if we could keep that kind of good until they at least get the kindergarten, I you know, it just, uh, you know, think, be creative. I think parents have lost the, the point of creativity to keep their kids, uh, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, to be more uh, interactive. You don't necessarily have to turn over your phone, you know, just because they're screaming their head off. You know, you can think of different ways to uh, get them calm and back under control than utilizing a tablet or a phone. You know, our parents didn't have to do that. So, yeah. Um, Here's the thing. We're, we're, we're talking about kids that are in a store and you have a you tablet or a smartphone or whatever. These are, they were doing this study for kids two and under. And, these are two and under. They should be spending time napping. They should be learning how to walk and talk and, you know, burp and sneeze and fart. I, I just, that's, what, that's what they do. That's their, their kids. And you shouldn't be handing. I, I just don't. The as an adult now, mm-hmm. as an adult now, I wouldn't mm-hmm. hand over my iPhone to a kid. It's two and under because my iPhone is worth a thousand dollars, and it's not. But my iPhone is worth a thousand dollars in quotes. I'm not handing it to a two-year-old that's going to drop it and break the dang thing. No. I have a, yeah, I have a funny story about that, but I was going to say the irony of those other things that you just mentioned. How some adults overdo it on one group of those things and don't do it enough on the other. But, um, <laughs> but I know a person who bought a very expensive iPad for their four-year-old. And at that time, I asked them, why are you buying a very expensive, I'm sorry, iPad for the kid? And they said, because, and I said, well, why don't you just get a, like a little cheapy tablet? You pretty much do the same thing. And they were like, no, because they know the difference and they're probably not going to play with it as much. And the iPad is what they, uh, you know, is what they want. And they spent about four or 500 bucks on this iPad. I'm like, that thing's going to be broken mm-hmm. within the first week. And sure enough, she said that they were out, and the kid pretty much threw it down on the ground and started laughing. And, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> a very expensive. So now my question to you is, my question to you is, your parents handed you something like that. This, if that day and age happened, 
Do, do you and know my parents? That on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what you're saying is we wouldn't be here. Okay, good, good, good. I, I'm just wondering when that stopped. Like when that that. I'm not saying that you had to be threatened for your life, but <laughs> that healthy respect for your parent, parental figure stops because throwing something that expensive down on the ground and laughing. Oh my goodness. I I feel my temperature rising as a parent because be like, excuse me, that was my hard earned money that you just threw on the ground and started laughing. I'm taking that out of your hide, you know. Not saying spanking, but just I, you are now going to learn that that was not right. Like you treat your stuff with respect because otherwise you don't have stuff. That's how that works. And I don't know when that stopped. I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. I need to stop. <laughs> by, by the way, one reason not to trust even a younger child or even a, a older one such as six. I'm not sure if you heard the story this week, but there was a six-year-old Michigan boy uh, who uh, uh, the par- one of the parents gave his phone to his son before putting him to bed. Don't know why you would do that. Uh, what he didn't expect was that the six-year-old would do something that would cost him quite a bit of money. He said that he was putting him to bed, and he saw a car pull up, and the doorbell rang with the driver dropping off a big bag of stuff, adding that his wife, who owns a bakery, uh, so he initially thought it was someone dropping off something for her. But when he saw that the bag was from a restaurant, he was baffled. And he said that was just the start of the orders. The doorbell rang again. It kept happening, car after car. Cars were pulling into the driveway while others were pulling out. It took several food deliveries from various restaurants before the father of two realized what was happening. He says, I took the food and then it hit me, he says. I looked at my phone with repeated messages that my food was getting ready. My food was being delivered. He looked at his bank account and it was getting drained. This was like something out of a Saturday Night Live skit, he said. We even got a fraud alert from Chase Bank declining a nearly $450 order to a pizza place. Otherwise, all the other orders, including jumbo shrimp, chicken pita sandwiches, chili cheese fries, and more, went through, and he couldn't figure out any way to cancel the orders. The Michigan family ended up storing more of the food deliveries in the fridge. They also invited neighbors over to eat some of the food. He said that he doesn't really find it funny yet, but at one moment while the food was being delivered, it made him laugh. He said he was trying to explain to him that this wasn't good, and he said he puts his hand up and stops him and says, Dad, did the pepperoni pizzas come yet? He says, I had to walk out of the room. I didn't know if I should get mad or laugh. I didn't know what to do. All in all, somewhat close to $1,000 in food orders made its way <laughs> because the parent didn't check their just handed, Yeah, just handed over the phone. <laughs> yes. So let that be a lesson because it's not the first time and not the last time that we will tell you a horror story such as that as a kid who has control of a phone ordering a ton of food. So, yeah, thousand bucks. <laughs> I, I hope he ordered something good. I'm just, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Dad, have the pizzas come yet? <laughs> Stop. Uh, oh, by the way, Where just the as a side are? note here, um, a Grubhub spokesperson said that once they heard about the unexpected spending spree, they wanted to think, make things better for him and his family, so they offered to send him $1,000 worth of Grubhub gift cards. 
because that uh, makes it better. Right. As for whether young Mason had been disciplined for his Grubhub spending spree, his dad says that he and his wife had a long talk with him about the value of money. They both ended up taking a bit from his piggy bank for each restaurant transgression. He says, I think it sucked in a little bit. Obviously, he's six. We're not actually going to keep it, and we're going to give it to him later down the road. <laughs> I'd keep it. What are you talking about? No. <laughs> he spent the money. He's buying me lunch. <laughs> no lesson learned if you give it to him back down the road. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, that's the reason why you don't give your kid that type of power. Um <laughs> We are at a point here where we are going to talk about what is trending tonight. SmackDown, of course, is trending uh, post-Royal Rumble, and um, that is the number one trending thing tonight. Basketball player Austin Rivers is trending because there was a huge fight in the NBA tonight. Uh, For those of you who were probably watching uh, the Timberwolves uh, and the Nuggets, uh, five players ejected. Uh, out of that game due to that fight. Uh, it is online, and you can see it there. Uh, China is also trending tonight. Um, I, If you have heard this week <laughs> about why, um, just look up Sky Balloon, China. Um, that pretty much will tell you all you need to know. Um I don't even know what to say anymore. It's 2023. <laughs> um, the other thing that is trending tonight, yeah, uh, Cuffit is trending because Beyonce has released the Cuffit uh, remix with new lyrics and vocals. So you do know that all of the Beehive is, or Beehive or however you might pronounce it is out there tonight listening to that. Um, so that is trending. And then also trending tonight, um, also tonight, a uh, little bit of some sad news for the entertainment world. Uh, actress Melinda Dillon passed away. Now, if you do not know the name, you will definitely know what she was in. Uh, because Melinda Dillon, um, she was known for her Oscar-nominated supporting performance in Steven Spielberg's 1977 movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and uh, Sidney Pollack's 1981 film, Absence of Malice. And also, for those of us, every winter or every Christmas, uh, we see her as the mom in a Christmas story. So, yes, Melinda Dillon, uh, dead at the age of 83. Um, So she was the mom in a Christmas story. So... Uh, she was also in other uh, film and TV credits such as Magnolia, The Muppet Movie, Harry and the Hendersons, Slapshot, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. And she retired from acting in 2007. But, of course, we all, like I said, know uh, reruns of a Christmas story every year. Keeps her on our screens. Um, so, yeah. Yep. That's also trending tonight. So, um, that's sad. Yeah, so now that's what's going on. Uh, If you are looking at um, what is trending or if you're looking at stuff, check it out. Uh, One of the other things I think tonight we were going to talk about, um, (laughs) I'll get to that story in a second, but real quick, 
a little bit of some breaking news for you foodies. Uh, McDonald's is bringing back the Shamrock Shake. Uh, of course, the Shake's introduction in 1970. The Shake typically returns to menus a few weeks ahead of St. Patrick's Day each year. This time, it will be rolled out at participating locations nationwide starting February 20th, according to a McDonald's news release. Uh, also, the Oreo Shamrock McFlurry uh, will also be back on menus the same day. Of course, as always, both treats will be available while supplies last. I know that you are excited. And when the machines are working. And when the machines are working, yes. <laughs> 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 I think for those, they will. Um, it's so funny because they work for the Shamrock Shake, but you want an ice cream cone in the middle of the summer when it's hot. Forget it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And then... One of the interesting things off of the wire services here tonight is that Israeli police detained two travelers with Belgian passports after airport staff watched a couple seemingly abandon their baby at an airport check-in. The parents arrived at Tel Aviv's uh, Ben-Gurion Airport to catch a Ryanair flight to Brussels, but they had arrived late and check-in had already closed. It remains unclear whether the parents could not or simply refused to pay for another ticket for their baby as they had arrived without one. In hopes of clearing security and reaching their flight on time, the parents simply left the baby on the conveyor belt in the check-in area. In a video shared with news outlets, Airport staff could be heard saying how sad it was that the parents had just left their baby there. One woman could be heard saying she left him here, I swear. Airport staff tried to get the couple to return to pick up their child, and after failing to stop them, the staff immediately called the police who found the parents and detained them. Uh, Ryanair staff told N12 that they were all in shock, saying, quote, we've never seen anything like it. We couldn't believe what we were seeing. The parents retrieved their child before going with the police for questioning. They also missed their flight, according to Israel Today. That is insane. Okay. I don't have words. Like, that doesn't... What? How? <laughs> I, I know. Well, speaking of uh, airlines, Frontier Airlines has announced a new all-you-can-fly summer pass. It costs three ninety nine, three hundred ninety nine, and includes nearly unlimited flights between May and September. There are currently more than one hundred destinations. Flights will cost one cent plus taxes and fees for pass holders. This includes charges for seats or checked baggage. Frontier also plans to add new nonstop services between multiple cities in Puerto Rico this summer. Flights will be available to book starting May 2nd. Um, <laughs> you game for $3.99 all access, all you can uh, do flight? I don't know. Maybe $400. Bucks? I mean, <laughs> sometimes, depending on what flights you get, especially during the holidays. I mean, it's subject to blackout dates, but even during the hol- like during the holiday season or like beginning of October when I like to go back east, some of those flights can get expensive. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. So really, it's uh, it's good for people that have a lot of like that do a lot of short trips. If I did that, yeah. I would be taking like every other weekend and going somewhere. <laughs> like I'm getting my four hundred dollars out of this ticket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, 
according to uh, a report published by the Fast Food Post, um, you know, one of the things that, of course, is missing from, well, you know, what pizza places now, uh, Domino's, of course, is one of the largest pizza chains in the U.S. that's made its own imprint on the American culinary landscape. You know, you have to look no further than the fact that Domino's reportedly invented the pizza box, and it's the same design we use today. Pizza boxes aside, Domino's has also been a big player in introducing non-pizza items to its menu. In 2008, the chain introduced oven-baked sandwiches to its menu, followed by pasta in 2009, and two years later, it began selling chicken wings and boneless chicken. Now Domino's is set to launch another new menu item, its version of potato tots, and it will be called loaded potato tots, or loaded tater tots. Its latest rollout seems to be in the making for a couple of years now. Uh, the first glimpse of the item was seen on Reddit about two years ago when someone posted a photo of tater tots, and now it soon will become a reality at Domino's. Uh, they'll roll those out nationwide on Valentine's Day, starting at six ninety nine. Those tater tots will come in three different flavors, cheddar bacon, melty three cheese, and Philly cheesesteak. The cheddar bacon tots are filled with bacon bits, Alfredo, and you guessed it, cheddar. The melty three cheese is made with a combination of mozzarella, cheddar, and Parmesan. And finally, their Philly cheesesteak tater tots take the classic Philly cheesesteak and turn it into bite-sized snacks consisting of steak, peppers, Alfredo, and onions. <laughs> uh, why? <laughs> I mean, some of it was all right, but some of it's like, why? Why do, why do people ruin good food? Tater tots are perfect. Leave them alone. Add only certain things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, have you ever had artwork from your child and sometimes there was just something on there that you kind of questioned or didn't know what it was? Uh, <laughs> in a now viral TikTok, Sierra Carter explained that she was contacted by her daughter's fifth grade teacher saying that, quote, a little boy had come up to her and made her aware that he thought that my daughter drew boy parts on her pig project. An 11-year-old girl's artwork is the center of a debate at a Michigan school after the child's mother said that her daughter was unjustly targeted due to a misinterpretation of the drawing. Uh, Sierra Carter said that she was contacted by her daughter's fifth grade teacher at the elementary school in the Hanover Horton School District, saying, quote, a little boy had come up to her and made her aware that he thought that my daughter drew boy parts on her pig project. Carter said that when asked, her daughter told the teacher that the drawing was actually of a bow tie, but the project was ultimately taken and given to the school's vice principal. Later, when dropping her daughter off the following week, Carter asked to see the drawing her daughter created. She said, as soon as I look at it, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? It's a freaking bow tie, Carter said in their video which has since been seen over 600,000 times on the social media site. I'm sorry my daughter's no Monet, but to her, a bow tie is a bow tie and a, and a tie. And if another kid happened to look at it and think that it was something else, it sounds like uh, he's the problem and not it's a he problem and not a she problem. The school said it's not punishing Carter's daughter, but Carter said that she was told a copy of the artwork would be kept in case other instances come up. In a statement to NBC5, the district superintendent, uh, John Denny, noted that there are, quote, two sides to this story and that nothing has been placed in any student school records related to this matter. 
In this case, the student appropriately thought brought concerns to the attention of her staff. In response, the staff handled the situation with compassion and discretion. The staff contacted the student's parents to discuss the situation. No student was singled out or ostracized. Every effort was made to protect the privacy and dignity of all students. In a series of follow-up TikToks, Carter said that she met with Denny and other school leadership seeking an apology and for no copies of the artwork to be left in her daughter's file. She shared a copy of an email from Denny in which she states that while no reference to the situation in it, he does not feel it would be, quote, appropriate to dispose of the artifacts. As it stands right now, there are basically notes that can be referred back to if there are any significant issues through the end of the year, according to Denny's email. He added that it is, quote, common practice for a teacher and or administrator to do with students. Uh, it's our way of giving a bit of a break while still having something to accurately look back on if a similar thing occurs later in the year. Uh, but Carter said, quote, there's nothing that she did wrong to bring up and hold against her. She believes the situation was mishandled and should have been corrected the moment her daughter informed him that the drawing was of a bow tie. She says it could have been shut down and it could have been stopped, but it was not. Uh, I sent you the picture. <laughs> These are kids, man. You kind of have to go off of what she's telling you because I don't think that she would just, if she was going to draw it, she would have drew it a little bit lower on the pig. <laughs> Not in his neck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very pretty bow tie. That is a bow tie. But I could see why. <laughs> I could, I could see. It should be lower. You're correct. If that was actually what it was supposed to be. Um, kids, man. Um, one, <laughs> one of the, one of the kiddos drawings that I, I have a family portrait and she said it was a family portrait and it's got dog turd her dad myself and she didn't draw stick figures she (laughs) her dad looks like an upside down ice cream cone it's so funny it's so funny it's so funny and I love it and I'm never getting rid of it but it's the kids (laughs) (laughs) they're kids Oh, my God. All they are. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that somewhere in America, everyone who is listening to this tonight has something from their kids that they drew. And at one point, it has something that kind of is questionable. And it might have been an arm, or it might have been a tie, <laughs> or it might have been a leg. <laughs> but, yes, um, yeah, I don't I, – yeah, I think they over – I think people are getting a little too sensitive about stuff. Like that's that is a child's drawing, and I would have laughed about it, probably taken a picture of it, but I would have. (laughs) I would have been like, "This is very, very, this is a beautiful pig. What is this that he's wearing? Oh, that's a bow tie." I'd be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a bow tie." Because she could have also oh said it's God. like a bolo. It's a bolo tie. 
I don't know. Oh my god. Um, but then when they said it, you can't help but think that when you looked at it. But I was like, that's too high up. I don't know. Um, well, it does pay to be nice. And the final story, we'll leave out on a good note here. Um, if you want to talk about a cut of good fortune, this story comes from Florida, which is actually a good story for once. Uh, I'm not even going to begin to talk about the things coming out of Florida lately, and that could be in a commentary here in future weeks. But anyway, uh, Stephen Munoz Espinoza of Delray Beach, Florida, uh, he could have shown frustration after a stranger jumped in front of him in a line at a lottery ticket machine while at a public grocery store. Instead, his restraint won him a once-in-a-lifetime ticket. Uh, The 43-year-old said that it was the end of a long day and he was tired before recalling his encounter with the stranger. He says, instead of saying something, I decided I'd just buy a ticket at the counter instead. Well, in the end, his cool head prevailed in the form of a 500x the cash scratch-off game with the prize of $1 million. According to the Florida Lottery, he claimed his prize at lottery headquarters in Tallahassee and chose to take his winnings as a one-time lump sum payment of $820,000. He said he and his wife plan on purchasing a home for their family with the money. And he said of his big win that he can't believe that he won a million dollars. His lucky purchase is also good news for the grocery store where he made his purchase. The Delray Beach Public location will receive a 2000 bonus commission for selling the ticket. So you see, good things do happen when you stay calm. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. We can end on because I wouldn't be that. I wouldn't be that calm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people would, but see that because he was calm. That the old clock on the wall is telling us that we are just about out of time for tonight. Did you have any shout-outs? I do. I've been slack in the last couple of weeks, but I do have a shout-out. There is a special birthday coming up next week on Tuesday. I want to double-check. I want to double-check because, you know, I'm dumb and sometimes forget what day it is. It's on Monday. See, this is why I double-check. So there is a very special birthday on Monday, and there is a very uh, – yeah, there's other stuff going on next week. But um, happy birthday to Momo. Oh, yes. Love Happy you. Birthday. Yes. Happy birthday. So, um, very happy birthday to them. And then, yeah, that's. Can't wait till next week. <laughs> yes. Happy birthday to her. Yes, that is a uh, fellow Aquarian. <laughs> so you and already know. Freaking awesome. So you already know. <laughs> And you got National Pizza Week next week, and you got National Shower with a Friend Week next week. So you got a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Next week's going to be a good week. Who says February is impossible? So yes, um, <laughs> no shout outs here tonight. Uh, so with that, uh, I will thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, we are here just about every Friday night, ten o'clock Eastern, nine o'clock Central. And, uh, yeah, until next we meet for Mary, I am LaVar. Thanks so much for listening. You can catch me on Twitter at NewsCometPTR. Uh, you can catch all of our shows 
on Blog Talk Radio as well as on Spotify. Sorry, Spotify for this week. On Spotify, <laughs> Apple, and on <laughs> on, on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're all there. We're everywhere. So catch it, tell a friend, and thank you all for listening. Well, friends, it's time once again to close that creaking door. Until next week at the same time, when we'll be back with a little hunk of horror. (laughs) You'll be sure to listen, won't you? Until next week, then. Good night. Pleasant dreams. for listening to page one don't forget to get the latest show info on twitter at news comment btr and add us as a podcast on apple iHeartRadio, spotify and other platforms where we can be found 